Well, as we get started this morning, I'd ask you to stand. Kids, uh, you are dismissed to go with Katie to Children's Church, so on out the side doors. And uh, as they're going, I just want to start us with a psalm. This is Psalm 47. It says, clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy, for the Lord Most High is awesome, the great king over all the earth. God has ascended amid shouts of joy, the Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing to him a psalm of praise. And we're going to do that. We're going to sing together. And we're going to lift him up so that he can ascend amidst our praises. So stand with me as we worship together. cross you came and broke them down you broke them down and there were chains around us by your grace we are no longer bound no longer bound you call me out of the grave you call me into the light you call my name and then my heart came alive your love is greater your love is stronger Awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater, your love is stronger. Your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. I feel the darkness changing. All the dead are coming back to life. I'm back to life And hear the song awaken All creation singing We're alive Cause you're alive You call me out of the grave You call me into the light You call my name And then my heart came alive Your love is greater Your love is stronger Your love awakens Awakens, awakens Found death can't hold us down. We shout it out, we rely, cause you're alive. What a love we found, death can't hold us down. We shout it out, we rely, cause you're alive. What a love we found, death can't hold us down. We shout it out, we rely, cause you're alive. is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me, your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me, your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me, your love is greater.
promised I worship you I worship you You are here Working in this place I worship you I worship you And you are way maker Miracle worker Promise keeper Light in the darkness My God That is who you are You are Way make miracle work, no promise keep light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. And you are here, touching every heart. I worship you, I worship you. And you are here. Healing every heart I worship you I worship you And you are here Turning lives around I worship you I worship you Oh, you are here Mending every heart I worship you, yeah. I worship you. And you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Oh, you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who. stop working you never stop you never stop working and even when I don't see it you're working and even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I don't see it you're working and even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I don't see it you working even when I don't feel it you working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working
thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me Waiting for change to come Knowing the battle's won For you have never failed me yet Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me yet. Your word will come to pass And my heart will sing your praise again Jesus, you're still enough Keep me within My heart will sing your praise again. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my call. promise still stands great is your faithfulness faithfulness i'm still in your hands this is my confidence you never fail me yet
You know, it was, it was interesting. I, before we do the next song, uh, when I was praying about this morning, I, hadn't, I don't know what Aaron's doing, what Aaron, we, we don't tell each other. We just rely on God to do it. Um, but as we were singing these songs about Waymaker, a, a light in the darkness, and walking around walls and trying to figure out if they're ever going to fall, but just believing, knowing God's been faithful before and he's going to do it again. Um, it was funny because as I was praying about this morning, God added, uh, added this question. How are you seeing God's faithfulness through your trials? And so before we do this, we're going to do another song and... And we're going to share some testimonies about what God's doing. But right now, I just want to specifically ask, maybe if you're going through a rough patch or a rough year, how have you seen God's faithfulness through those trials? Anybody? It's interesting, Lamentations, which is a book where Jeremiah is basically just crying through all of his trials. He says this, I remember my affliction, and in my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Maybe some of you have been there lately. He says, yet, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. for his compassions never fail. He says, my soul is downcast. I remember my affliction. I, I, I know it all very well, yet I have hope. I know that this is not going to consume me because God's compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 
He says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. That I may be going through it, but I just remember his faithfulness. I know that I'm not gonna be consumed by this thing. And I just keep telling myself, the Lord's my portion, he's enough. And I'll just wait for him. So just use this next song to wait on the Lord and whatever he wants to do.
as Brian was reading Lamentations, and it says, turn it without knocking it over. It says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. I look down at my hand and I have band-aids because apparently I don't know how to use a knife. <laughs> but I remember on Friday when I cut my hand how bad it hurt. And I remember, you know, I had to stop the bleeding and I had to get band-aids and tape them up. But as Brian was reading that, I remember I'm going to have scars from those. I have scars from the past four or five years. Things that trials, affliction, wandering, bitterness, and gall. I remember them. Yet, in 21, he says, This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Y'all, we are living in a world where there is just no hope. No hope of COVID ever coming under control. No hope of being without masks. But yet, we do have hope. My, my wounds have healed. I have the scars to prove it, but I can say that God healed me. And it says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. We are so impatient every day to be back to normal. We are so impatient every day to just, to be able to walk around without a mask or, or to be able to say hi to friends without being afraid that we're gonna get them sick. And yet, We all had to just wait. We were in that, that period of being still. We need to remember and remind ourselves that he is there. We might not feel him. We might not see his work. But he was there before. He's still there. And he will be there again and still. And as Brian asked for people to, to share how God is working and doing things, we all sat there quiet. We're afraid to show our scars, to say that this is how God healed me. But you know what? In order to take that hope out there to the world, we need to be willing to be honest and open and show our scars and say, this is how I was healed. So when Brian says, we've got, we want to hear how God is moving in your life, in the community, in your family, in the church, there shouldn't be any silence. We should be clamoring to grab that microphone and to share how God is working. We all have hope. Some of us here today maybe need to hear about how your hope is working or how God is working. So when Brian
Brian says, we have an open mic again. Don't just sit there and keep it to yourself. Share how God is moving and what he is doing. Father, you are moving among us. We've sung about it. Hands have been raised. So apparently you are doing some things. Lord, I pray that you will just be with us in this next portion to come. I pray that you will just give us courage or bravery, whatever we need, to be able to say what you want us to say, to share how we are moving through things, to give hope to others, whether they're here today, listening online, listening later in the week, or as we go out this week. I pray that you will just help us to be bold and to share what you have done. And Lord, as Brian comes, I pray that you will just give him the words and the knowledge that he needs to speak, to open our eyes and our hearts and our ears for whatever you want us to, you want to say to us, do through us, whatever. Let us be open because you are a living, acting, and breathing God. There is no other religion that can say that. And I know that I have the scars from your healing to prove it. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, what is God doing? What's God up to these days? Where are you seeing God? How's God moving? How's God changing your heart and your life? Any stories of how you see God at work? Nobody goes, I'll go, because God's on the move. Anybody? Anybody? Okay. Well, oh, there we go. My aunt and my uncle uh, this week had their 60th wedding anniversary, and uh, we went up to celebrate with them and, and their family, and it, uh, it was just good to see how, um, you know, if we honor the commitment to uh, each other in marriage and honor our commitment to God, how he will bring us faithfully through, you know, 60 years of marriage and uh, just a true testament to, uh, to their commitment uh, to each other and, and to God. So just cool. Yeah. Sixty years. That's a long time. At least to be married. I don't know. I'd, if, the whole jump in. Um, anybody else? Have you seen God working? So the, yeah. yeah okay. So this was a while ago, but I'm going to go ahead and bring it up again. So. A little over a year ago, my mom had had um, gastric bypass, and she just had constant struggles with it, and then a couple months later, she had, um, I can't think of it now, but she had a really hard surgery, and then from then on, she was just constant misery, constant sick, and it, there was no quality of life there. Like She was losing weight, but she wasn't eating, <laughs> and she was just in complete misery, and it just went on for months. And then we were watching a disciple live stream, and they had a moment to where they were um, having us put in prayer requests. So I put in mom and explained her situation. And I didn't tell her what, I didn't tell her I did that. And then a week later, she was like, 
you know, it's been a week since I've been sick. <laughs> and, and ever since then, she's been perfectly healthy. She's been eating. And right now, she's walking at the beach. And she feels amazing. And, like, we, you know, people have been praying for months. And she was, just wasn't getting any better. And then that night, something, something happened. I don't know if there was a prayer warrior. But... Just ever since that night, she's been perfect, no issues, and she's feeling great, and I can definitely see the power of God in that situation. That was awesome. What else? not doing this to make anybody uncomfortable, but it's just, I, I told myself, you just stay in the middle of the room and then you don't have to travel as far. Anybody? Although as I stand here circling, I might get a little sick. Well, I know that some of you have helped with LG, who is a our, our neighbor and a dear, dear friend. And to think that you could be enslaved for, I don't know, <laughs> 17 years, 18 years, however long it was, and finally be set free. Well, what does that mean? Freedom is from God, but it's not always easy to really, um, we've all been free, we've been born free, but for someone who hasn't had it, it's a hard thing to set ourselves free. But this woman is now, um, she has a car. She's got her visa. She finally gets to take care of her own life. It's huge. You cannot know how huge that is. But I just want to thank you guys for any blessings or any uh, prayers that you have um, said on her account, God is good, and I just thank you very much. I just want to say thank you to all of you. You are like my guardian angel. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Anybody else? Well, as you know, several weeks ago, uh, Jim had a heart attack, and he actually did very well after the heart attack. We came home. He, he was acting normal. We were really pleased. He didn't have any damage done to his heart, which was amazing because it was a massive heart attack, and his doctor was stunned. But as the week went on, by the end of the week, Jim started having more pain, and so, of course, we thought another heart attack went to the hospital. It was not. But he had something called Dressler syndrome from waiting so long to go to the hospital with the heart attack. <laughs> so um, don't do that. We ended up, he, he ended up in the hospital nine days, um, and he had to have a surgery where they cut a window into the sac around his heart to relieve the pressure so there wouldn't be any more damage or wouldn't be any damage done. And the night before his surgery was probably the night I've been in the most fear all my life. Because while the surgery itself is fairly simple, he was on such extreme high blood, or blood thinners that there were a lot of things that could go wrong. So I was laying in bed that night, um, and he was at the hospital, and uh, I said, God, what, what would you want for me right now? What would obedience look like? I'm laying in bed, the day's about over, I don't even know what I'd do to be obedient. And God said, trust. And um, I've never had to work so hard to trust. 
as I did that night. But then God said, I'm trustworthy. And that has gotten us through everything. And obviously he's doing very well. But that has been something that has repeated itself over the last few days and the last little bumps we've had along the road, like when he still had pain. Joellen had a little fear this week that turned out to, to be okay too. But each time I just had to keep saying, he is trustworthy. And I, I thank him for that. It's been it's been interesting. I'll tell you uh, something that God's been laying on my heart and, and is moving, and and uh, I think it's going to be something that we're all going to be able to take part in together. But uh, it's been it's been interesting. I, I come in especially on Sunday mornings. I come in early, early, uh, and I spend two, sometimes three hours just praying for all you guys, that just when God, when you guys get here, that, that just anything that the enemy would try to do just wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't have any power, that all the stuff that we just bring in from our own stuff, it would just quiet down so God can speak, and, and, and I was praying here a couple of months ago and uh, and God and God gave me sort of this phrase Antioch hits the streets and I was like well what does that, what does that mean um, but then God slowly sort of started opening some doors um, that probably right around the first of the year um, we're gonna kind of go in partnership with uh, out of the boat ministries, and uh, John and I are going to do a day or two of our office work down at the out of the boat building. Um, if COVID's taught us one thing, it's that you can work from a lot of different places, um, and we're going to be able to maybe stick a sign out front that says, uh, "You know, free coffee, come in." And you can come in, get a cup of coffee, and have a conversation. Or maybe we have some hot dogs in there for kids who get done with school and don't have food at home. Um, that we can give them a hot dog and a bag of chips. Um, we're talking about maybe doing another night of youth group down there uh, just after school. But a lot of ways that we can partner with out of the boat and just use the building that uh, that they've been given by God um, to come alongside them and use it for some extra ministry opportunities um, and, uh, and just help and love on our community. Um, one of the things that, that it, it weighs on me is, you know, John and I, we can come into church every day of the week and then go home and we never run into another unsaved person. And so most, of the, most weeks, I, I see one or two people during my day, and it's John, and if Kelly's working, it's Kelly. And I'm pretty sure both of them are saved, so I don't have a lot of opportunities to share the hope of Jesus that I have. And, and that's not how it's supposed to be. Um, and that's, that's sort of the part of the, the an, an issue that the church as a whole has is that we just kind of get together, we do our thing, and then we go out, but we never really interact with a whole lot of uh, unsaved people in, with intentional gospel conversations. Um, and it's time to change that.
So, uh, so we're, we're looking at, at doing that, and we can still get all of our work done, but we can do it somewhere um, where we can also be involved in, in some ministry and hopefully uh, bring the light of Jesus to our community. I, I was praying uh, at an elder meeting a couple of months ago, and, and God kind of gave me this picture of you know, we, a lot of times we come here, all, we all come together and, you know, I have the light of Christ in me, you have the light of Christ in you and you and you, and we all come together and put all that light in one spot. And if you look at the, the churches, the big, you know, the, the, most of the churches in Hawking County were kind of out on the outskirts of town. And so... You know, I mean, we're literally next to a cow field and some woods, um, and this is where we've put our light, and, you know, there's not a lot of space to shine that light. You know, there's Joppa Road, and you have Christians like Pastor Bruce that live on Joppa Road. So, you know, and, you know, know, Jesus talks about you don't light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but then we take our light and we put it under this roof. And, uh, and so the, the sort of picture God gave me was, so what if my light and your light and your light and your light and your light, what if instead of just coming here, putting it under the bushel, what if we said no, like the song does, and we just started taking that light and my light went to my neighborhood and your light went to your neighborhood and we spread that light out and, and took the light of the gospel back into Logan, Ohio um, and, and used whatever gifting God's given you, we put it to use and, and we, you know, have, they have the out of the boat building on Tuesdays and Thursdays so, and maybe even other days, but what would that look like if you know, if my gift is being able to build relationships and talk to people about Jesus and maybe doing a Bible study, I do that. But your gift is, is music. So you teach some kid to play a guitar, and while you're doing it, you have a gospel conversation about why you have music in your heart. And, and you know, maybe you're good at, at numbers and finances, and so you're down there and you can teach a single mom how to, how to do a budget um, while her kid's there getting help with her homework. And what if I didn't just go down there and maybe help kids with their homework? What if I took, you know, my kids with me, who Alex is 17 and a junior, Wyatt's in eighth grade, and they understand today's math better than I do because I just Google how to do it. Um, and, it and it's true. It's absolutely true. I'm like, okay, Google, how do I do fourth grade math. Um, but they know how to do it. So what if my kids saw, you know, what if I took my kids along and I said, okay, it, part of my discipling my kids is teaching them to minister to other people. So if there's some little kid from the neighborhood that comes in whose parents aren't home or parents are high or whatever, and, and they had, and those kids from the neighborhood had a place to come get a little bit of food and have... Uh, a kid who is a few years older than them but cared about them enough that they helped them with their homework and oh yeah by the way let me tell you a little bit about Jesus like what if we all started doing that like what could that do for our community you know and so as I started praying about that as God started putting that on my heart then it was like all of a sudden all these different doors opened up for us to minister to our community. So we did the shoe giveaway. We had a lot of great conversations with little kids and there were shoes left over, but they needed them. So we had the shoes from out of the boat out here and we were partnering with out of the boat. So it's like, oh, that's interesting. And then, uh, then a couple weeks later, the door opened for me to be the chaplain at the police department. And now all of a sudden I'm ministering to our, our police officers, but I'm also ministering to our community. This past Monday, I got a call out. I had to go out um, because a guy overdosed and died on heroin over in Dickon Edition, and I had to go minister to this guy's wife and two kids. But what I found out was this guy's brother 
overdosed and died about a month or a month and a half ago. And about a year, year and a half ago, that guy and his brother's dad died overdosing. And it's like, this is the world that we live in. And if we're just coming to church on Sunday and we're just, and if John and I are just coming into the office where all we do is talk to each other, something's wrong with that when there's people dying in our city of heroin. So like, let's do something about that. And so that's what God's been putting on my heart. So, uh, so sometime right around the first of the year, uh, we're going to start coming alongside out of the boat to, to make ministry happen in, in Logan and take the light of, the, of Jesus down there. And uh, so, so there's a couple things you guys can do. Just first of all, be praying about that every time you drive past out of the boat, every time you see a homeless person, every time you see a, a kid who's out on the streets and it's 10 o'clock and you're wondering, why aren't you at home? Be, be in prayer that, that God would open up doors and that God would use you to be a, a part of taking the gospel. Um, but then also, uh, be, you know, be praying for that possibility of ministry and how maybe you could come down for an hour and use what God's gifted you to, to change our community and, and, and just be in prayer for that um, and, and just asking God, like, is there a way that I can get involved um, in taking the... And look, I don't care if you do it through Antioch. I don't care if you do it through this thing that we're going to try to do without, out of the boat. Just do it on your own, but just ask the Lord, like, how can, I, how can I be involved in doing the work that you've called us to do? Um, you know, and, uh, you know, as I was praying about this, Matt Baird came and he shared a testimony about how he was just out skateboarding in front of a church, but somebody invited him in and that became him becoming a Christian, which became him going into ministry and, and seeing lives changed. How many Matt Bairds do we have downtown um, and in our neighborhoods that all they need is somebody to say something, to invite them in and say, come along, come with me. D discipleship doesn't have to be a, this difficult thing. It's just having them come along with you. So what if, what if we began to do that? So, so that is something you're gonna hear more about as we, as we work through that. The, the board and the elders, we're, we're working through some of the logistics of that and gonna be working some more with Out of the Boat to, to line us some things up that way. But, but, uh, but yeah, that's exciting stuff that's coming. Um, so, so yeah, you can be praying for that. Um, and with that, uh, I just I want to encourage you if you can come out to a prayer meeting. We're going to be downtown. We're going to be praying uh, downtown tonight's trick or treat. There's going to be a lot of people in town, um, and it's Halloween week, which is normally a time that people are thinking about uh, scary things. Um, and so we're gonna go downstairs. Go not downstairs. We're gonna go downtown. We're gonna we're gonna pray. We're gonna push back against the darkness. Um, and and just the heart of that is that Jesus does something. That we're just gonna cry out and we're gonna pray and we're gonna wait for him until Jesus starts to move. And when he says move, then we're gonna go. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me get over. Uh, about a year ago, October, I got sick, and uh, now and we're going we're going to bed. And Natalie went in the bathroom to get ready, and when she came back out, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know anything. Natalie thought I had a stroke, so she took me to the hospital. And they took me to Columbus. I was in five days. They couldn't figure out what was going on. 
And uh, I just kept telling the doctor I didn't feel good, I didn't feel good. And I, they, I, they had me kept coming in, and finally in December, the doctor said, there's nothing wrong with you. And I said, there is. And I said, because I know how I feel. And then he said, well, there's nothing more we can do. So in April, I got in the shower and got out. And I went in, I didn't know who I was. So uh, I knew it was going to happen again because I knew how I felt. So now they took me back to the hospital. Uh, They've run a bunch of tests. And finally, Natalie talked me into going to Cleveland Clinic. Uh, They haven't really figured out really what's going on yet. Uh, But one thing it's taught me is to trust God and not to live in fear. I have to trust God. <clears throat> I'm kind of a private person. I don't want. I don't tell anybody anything. I don't even tell Natalie much, but she sees it. But I, I, I just got to trust God that He's going to figure it out. I have three more tests I got to do. Uh, I went up Thursday to, to get. I had to go to Cleveland Clinic on Thursday, and they did a test where they shocked my. Uh, I have I have no feeling in my leg or my arms, and they did a test where they shocked it, and then they stuck needles in my uh, arms and legs into my muscles to test my I don't know what I don't know really what it was, but I don't feel it. When they stuck the needles in my arm, arms and legs and in my muscles, I couldn't feel it, and that's all part of what's going on. But they keep telling me that. Uh, to uh, be patient, that, that they'll figure it out. But one thing I've learned out of this is I have to trust God and not to live in fear because he's, he's the one that knows what's going on. And that's the only way that I can go through this is to trust and not live in fear. That seems to be a theme today. We just need to keep trusting. Keep trusting, being patient. Ugh, and that's a hard one. Well, we're gonna finish this morning by taking communion together because All of this, all of the things we've talked about today, if it doesn't come back to the fact that Jesus is real, living, that his blood has all the power that you need, if it doesn't come back to all of that, then then all we are is a social club who believes goofy things. So if you peel back, there's sort of two uh, well covers, but if you peel this back, this bread reminds us that when Jesus when he was betrayed, was having dinner with the disciples. And as he had that Passover meal, and it came to the bread, he gave them the bread and said, take this, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And it's a reminder that God came to us, that he left heaven and came to live in a human body and came to us where we were at in a way that he could be approached. And he came and he lived and he died so that you could have life in him. And, you know, we've talked a lot about 
trusting God this morning? The reason that we can trust him is because he went to these lengths of coming to earth, of being crucified for our sin in our place so that we could have a relationship with him. And he's good. And he can be trusted because he loves us and he cares for us. And so take and eat and remember Christ's body broken for you. And then, if you peel back the next layer to get to the juice. The juice reminds us of the thing that unites us all, that empowers us all, that heals us all, that gives us all forgiveness, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ. It's by his blood that we have life and hope that we can trust. It's his blood that reminds us of his undying, unending faithfulness. And so as you take this cup and you remember that the the God of the universe died and shed his blood for you. May this blood call you to in the same fashion lay your life down for each other and for others. And as you take this cup, celebrate the fact that through Christ your sins are forgiven and you've been made whole. Take and drink. As we go today, I was reminded of Romans, which doesn't surprise me because we've been going through Romans for quite a while now. But in Romans chapter 1, it says this, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the beginning of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen and understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. That God has made himself known that you look around and you can see God at work and you can see God's creation, that it doesn't take long looking around to realize that God is God, but it says this, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. We live in a world of darkness where foolishness reigns and it's because the world has forgotten to recognize God as God. And so the challenge for you this week is things you've shared here, things you haven't shared here, go and share it. Because when you forget to give thanks to God for being God and celebrate that, that's how darkness rises. You see God all around you, let them know. Let the world know. 
because there's an awful lot of good that God's doing, but they need pointed to it. So go light up your world. Have a great week. Love y'all. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay close to Jesus. We'll see you back next week.